0: Did the early Christians believe Jesus was God? Did Jesus himself ever claim to be God? We're looking into these questions this week on Exploring the Faith. I'm Kurt Parton, and this is Exploring the Faith where we examine any question or issue that helps us be more faithful as followers of Jesus Christ. We want to be growing always closer to God, to more deeply understand the life He's brought us into, to help and encourage our fellow believers, and to meaningfully engage the culture around us. Welcome to the discussion. Been intrigued by the early 70s rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar. It's not all theologically correct from a biblical perspective. Let's make that very clear right now. I'm not endorsing it as a presentation of the biblical Christ, and it definitely has an early 70s countercultural feel to it. But that's part of what makes it fascinating. It's essentially a bunch of very earnest young people at a particular point in time wrestling with just who Jesus was. If you watch the film, it starts with the bus tearing across the desert in Israel. People pour out of the bus and begin setting up stage props, putting on costumes, and getting into character. Along with Jesus, the main character is Judas, and much of the film is observing him as he struggles with being drawn to Jesus But also really uncomfortable with the implications of what Jesus is doing and what he's saying about himself. Those who are even casually familiar with the play or film will likely remember the song that the Mary Magdalene character sings about Jesus. I don't know how to love him. What to do? I don't see why he What some may forget is that this same theme is picked up later by Judas in the musical. And he begins by singing these same words. I don't know how to love him I don't know why he moves me He's a man He's just a man He is not a king He's just the same As anyone I know He scares me so When he's cold and dead Will he let me be? Does he love me? Does he love me too? Does he care for me? The basic story is taken, more or less, from the gospel accounts of Jesus. Toward the end, a major part of the production is the song Superstar, where Judas again is trying to sort out what he thinks about all of this. In the song, he sings to Jesus. Every time I look at you, I don't understand. And then later, the chorus asks of Jesus, Who are you? Do you think you're what they say you are? So, in this play and film, Judas is representing a whole generation wrestling with Jesus. They struggle with embracing him as God, but also can't seem to just dismiss him as merely human. At the end of the film, Jesus dies on the cross, and the feel of the music is fitting for a sad, even tragic ending. The actors begin getting back on the bus, with the actor who played Jesus noticeably missing. The last actor to get on the bus is the one who played Judas, and he looks back toward the cross with a puzzled look on his face, as if he's still trying to figure out what just happened. The last shot is of a single cross with the sun setting behind it as the music grows pensive. And then, if you watch closely, you'll see the silhouette of a shepherd leading sheep walking past the cross and then away from it as the music at the very end takes on a hopeful note. every time I see it, it moves me deeply. This was a generation trying to come to terms with who is Jesus. And in the end, they couldn't let go of the hope that maybe he is exactly who the gospels say he is. Maybe the truth is really as simple as that. Jesus did rise from the dead. He is God. And this is all true. Last week, we looked at the historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. This week, we're looking at the claim that Jesus is God and seeing what we can know about this historically. The first question we'll consider is, how early did the followers of Jesus believe that he's God? Was this something that was imposed on Christianity much later? Was there a slow, gradual development that resulted in people believing that Jesus is God? Or was this a core belief from the very beginning? A few years ago, noted critic of biblical Christianity, Bart Ehrman, wrote a book on this subject. Interestingly, at the same time, his publisher also put out another book, Responding to Ehrman's Arguments. Ehrman's book was How Jesus Became God, and the responding book was cleverly titled How God Became Jesus. What's even more interesting is that even in Ehrman's book, the book by The Critic, he acknowledges that belief in the divinity of Jesus, that Jesus is God, goes back to very soon after his death and the claim of his resurrection. Ehrman admits that this was not always his view, but that the more he examined the historical evidence, the more there was no way to deny the obvious. The belief that Jesus was God goes back to the earliest of Jesus' followers. The divinity of Jesus is a foundational belief of Christianity, and it goes back to the very beginning of the faith. Once again, the vast majority of Jesus' scholars agree. Historian Larry Hurtado did extensive work in this area, studying not the beliefs so much of early Christians, but their worship practices and their devotional language. He also found that, from the very beginning, the earliest Christians intentionally worshiped Jesus as God. Others have shown that belief in a triune God, or a trinity, that we see articulated in later statements, such as the Nicene Creed, for instance, that these beliefs can be found expressed by Christians from the earliest days of the Christian faith. So, where did they get this idea? Did they get it from Jesus himself? Did Jesus claim to be God? We need to consider this question in the context of the actual ministry of Jesus, as recounted in the historical documents. As we read the various descriptions of Jesus' interactions with others, we find something interesting. Jesus actually made very few direct claims about himself at all. We know historically that Jesus' followers believed him to be the promised Messiah, and we can see this often implied in what Jesus taught. But in his public ministry, Jesus never claimed outright to be the Messiah. We never hear him telling people, I am the Messiah. This even frustrated many of the people who came to listen to him. We see this in passages such as John 10, 24. The people asked Jesus, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus responds to them by saying, I've already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. Even John the Baptist felt the need to send messengers to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? And how did Jesus respond to John's question? Did he give him a direct answer? No, he didn't. He tells the messengers to go back and tell John what they had seen and what they had heard. There's an old saying about teaching that teachers should spend more time questioning answers than answering questions. Why is this? Because a real teacher isn't wanting to merely convey information. They're trying to inspire true understanding and to help the student become self-motivated, to seek and learn and reason and understand, to take on the responsibility for themselves, to seek to know what needs to be known. When you read the teaching of Jesus, you see that he was a master at this. He was a teacher constantly answering questions with questions, not to deflect, but to get the person to dig more deeply into the implications of their own questions, and to see for themselves how profound were the answers. In one of the gospel accounts, a man approaches Jesus with a question, and he flatters Jesus by referring to him as, Good teacher. And Jesus questions him about this. Why do you call me good? He asked. The only one who's good is God. Now, was Jesus saying he wasn't good? Not at all. He wanted the man to see the implications of his own casual flattery of Jesus. Did the man understand the significance of what he was saying? And did he mean it or not? So, Understanding Jesus' style of teaching, in its original context, we shouldn't be expecting Jesus to just state outright, I am God, any more than he stated outright that he was the Messiah. But, in the same way, were there unavoidable implications in what he said that showed he thought of himself as God? Did he do things that revealed he thought of himself as God? Did he allude to being God? or affirm others when they spoke of him as God. Among his many books, Jacob Neusner wrote a book titled A Rabbi Talks with Jesus. In the book, Neusner imagines himself as a first-century Jew, going to listen to Jesus deliver what we commonly refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And Neusner tells us that, as a first-century Jew, he would have been greatly disturbed by some of the things Jesus said. Jesus made many statements that would have been jarring to the Jewish people listening. Things such as, the Son of Man, meaning Jesus himself, is Lord of the Sabbath. This, of course, is referring to the Jewish Sabbath, the observance of resting on the seventh day, as commanded in the law of Moses, given to the people by God himself. And yet Jesus was saying that he, Jesus, was Lord of the Sabbath. Newsner finds that very disturbing. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells the people, you've heard that it was said, and then refers to some of the familiar commands of Torah, such as, for instance, you shall not murder. But then each time he continues, but I say, and then he defines and clarifies the deeper focus of the command, and he does this based on his own authority, I say unto you. By doing this, he was placing himself on the same level of authority as the one who originally spoke the law to Moses, Yahweh God. To Rabbi Neusner, the implications of statements such as these are obvious and inescapable. He says he would have been driven to challenge Jesus by asking, Who do you think you are, God? What's amazing is that the rabbi's reaction is so similar, in some ways, to that of Christians such as C.S. Lewis. In a passage of his writing that's come to be known as the Trilemma, Lewis wrote this, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic, on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. When we read the gospel accounts of Jesus, we see that the Jewish people of his day also recognize the implications of what Jesus said and did. For example, Jesus would frequently tell people their sins were forgiven. The religious leaders respond to this by saying to themselves, sounding not unlike Rabbi Neusner, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And they were right. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus never disputed that. But he made clear to them that, yes, he did have authority to forgive sins. And he then verified that authority by supernaturally healing the person he had forgiven. Of course, if Jesus claimed the authority to forgive sins and persisted in telling people their sins were forgiven, the inescapable conclusion was that he was actually claiming to be God. Discomfiting for the religious leaders was the reality that Jesus did have the power to miraculously heal the people he claimed to be forgiving, which seemed to validate this authority he claimed for himself. Was he actually God? Jesus repeatedly called the people to place their faith in him. He made statements such as this one from John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. It's hard to hear this and not think he was claiming to be God. Jesus even told them that, after he returned to the Father, he would answer their prayers. That whatever they asked in his name, he would do it. Of course, the only one who can answer prayer is God. As C.S. Lewis wrote, for a mere human to be saying these kinds of things, calling people to place their faith in him, saying that he would answer their prayers, if he wasn't God, this would either be crazy or evil. When Moses was speaking to God through the burning bush, he asked God what name he should use for God when speaking to the people. God said to refer to him as, I am. The name of God given in the Old Testament, Yahweh, is tied to this phrase. He is the God who is, the self existent one. Over a thousand years later, some of Jesus' critics challenged him by demanding if he thought he was better than their father Abraham. Jesus replied that Abraham had looked forward to the coming of Jesus, that he did see it, and was glad. The people pushed back against this ludicrous idea and said, You're not even 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Before Abraham was, I am. This is an unmistakable claim by Jesus that he is himself the eternal Yahweh God. And the people he was speaking to got it right away because they picked up stones to stone him. And this isn't the only incident like this we read about in the Gospels. In another place, they pick up stones to stone him, and Jesus asks them why. They tell him, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Apparently, Jesus' first audiences were very clear on the fact that he was indeed claiming to be God. When he heard the reports of people seeing the resurrected Jesus, the disciple Thomas refused to believe unless he saw Jesus himself. And then he did. His response was to exclaim, My Lord and my God. Jesus said that Thomas had believed because he had seen him, but that blessed would be the people who believe without seeing him. And this brings it back to us. One time during his ministry, Jesus was talking with his disciples about who people thought he was, what the perceptions of the people were. But then he looked at his disciples and he asked, Who do you say that I am? And we each must eventually answer that question for ourselves. The earliest Christians believed that Jesus is God from the very beginning. The implications are clear in what Jesus did, what he said about himself, and how he called the people to place their faith in him that Jesus understood himself to be God. So what do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus was a lunatic? Do you believe he was a liar? Or do you believe he was who he showed himself to be, that he actually is Lord and God? We'll end this week and this series with his question, Who do you say that Jesus is? Join us next week as we continue Exploring the Faith. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This will help others find us. You can find a transcript of this episode, along with any show notes, at exploringthefaith.com. Feel free to post a comment and join the discussion. We also welcome any questions or issues that you'd like us to explore. You can submit these at exploringthefaith.com. Exploring the Faith is sponsored by The Orchard a Jesus-following church that meets in Rancho Cordova, California, and also in weekly interactive online studies. This is my home church, where I'm blessed to serve as teaching pastor. You can find out more about The Orchard at orchardonline.org.